This is the George and Charlie Off the Bridal podcast in partnership with Fitstairs. We're about to look forward to the Ebor Festival at York, but not before we look back at Glorious Goodwood in the company of a wonderful guest. Joining us for episode 11 is Khadija Mella, a young lady who'd never ridden a racehorse before this year, but earlier this month triumphed in the Magnolia Cup on one of British racing's biggest stages. Thanks for listening to our racing podcast recorded here in Newmarket at the heart of the sport. In fact, we're in Bedford House Stables, home to trainer Charlie Fellows, who of course is alongside his great friend and deadly rival, George Scott. Last and probably least, I'm Tony Rushma, tasked with keeping the chat vaguely on the straight and narrow. Here we are again then, guys. It's um, nice to be back. Another beautiful morning here in Newmarket. And uh, we're fresh off the back of uh, a rather, personally fresh off the back of a particularly harrowing week. Have we not spoken about Goodwood? No, thankfully not. All of these bloody podcasts have melted (laughs) to one and I lose track of what we've actually talked about. Uh, we haven't talked about Goodwood. It was no. a great week, wasn't it? Fantastic yeah. Week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even my great friend, the Charlie good- Fellows, felt sorry for me at Goodwood as I, as I was walking uh, saddle in arm to saddle my third runner of the day, beating back the tears. I get a message from Fellows saying, if there's any justice in the world, you will win this race. Anyway, yeah, or proceeded just, to get stuffed. No, well, well, it didn't get stuffed. <laughs> it didn't get stuffed. He right. finished third, and he was a very unlucky third. So my reply was, "There's no justice at all." But uh, no, Goodwood was fantastic. We are going to touch much more on the highlight, arguably the highlight of um, of the festival, which was Khadija winning the charity race for Charlie. Um, but um, my horses, I had, I took a small team of horses to Goodwood, and they actually all ran really, really well. But um, we, we were, we were, we succumbed to the the terrible, the fateful Goodwood undulations and tight track and all that, all that jazz. Whereas Charlie oh, got an absolutely <laughs> clean whistle strip down the inside. One for the good winner. guys, that one. One for the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So d- for those of you that haven't, was not watching Goodwood, poor George was uh, had to watch excruciatingly, much to my glee on the sofa, <laughs> as Mole Davis and poor Haley Turner literally got stopped every single stride they went, finished up on the bridle, about... What were you beaten five lengths? No, no, we've beaten three lengths after oh. after I mean, I hate to bore on, but I will. Uh that <laughs> <laughs> um Mole Davis is a lovely Kingman filly out of a dinoformer mat we've talked about briefly, is improving and actually you have done so well with fillies, particularly improving in front. And this filly, every time she sets foot on the gallop, you can see that she's improving and we were very confident of a big run. Uh, she was literally stopped four times in her run. At the furlong pole, Haley debated whether to pull her up or not. I mean, she literally sat up and I debated to pull her up and then Mole took off again and she only got beat three lengths. Anyway, Lyndon B was very unfortunate under Frankie. It could have been double and it wasn't. But Mole Davis is going to go um, and run at, your, uh, at Doncaster on Saturday. So we'll see how aggrieved she really was what's that what race is that she, well she's got a few entries but i'm loath to sort of get it into with you into you because you start saying that i'm running in the wrong race she's running no in i Ireland don't say you're running in the wrong race not to 80 at doncaster i don't say you're running in the wrong race i just say you run them too frequently <laughs> 
or Philly. <laughs> is Goodwood the harrowing week that you're referencing at the start of uh, the podcast, or has there been more to harrow you over the last few days? No, all good. Smooth the water. No, everything's fine. We haven't had many runners. Charlie enjoyed a winner at Red Cup. Um, which he didn't enjoy quite as much as um, he might have because he had a, a stinking hangover on Saturday. So uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, it was a bit of a hangover, but it was just a late night. Just had some friends staying on Friday night and just you know had a few that? drinks. We had up having Fun. dinner at home and just had a nice time. Got to bed a bit too late and was up very early to gallop horses. So I just was a bit hazy. But um, that An- another one I didn't get invited to. But the hangover. Yeah. We don't only have a very small table, George. How was your Love Island uh, barbecue? Uh, it was very good, although Ovi didn't win. So we, got a, we need to give a big apology to anyone who followed us blindly into, <laughs> into lumping onto Ovi to win Love Island. I'm fairly uh, embarrassed about that. I can't believe he didn't win. I can't believe Amber won. He was a big drifter. By the time Why? they lined up, he was 10 to 1. I know. What did people... People knew something that we didn't know. Yeah, but that's what often happens. Fixed. Those, those mar- well, I wouldn't say fixed. Let's not get sued here. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Not We're just getting going. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Anyway, I wouldn't know any of them. They're about half the couples have already split up. We did get a bit of abuse on uh, Twitter about that, actually, about sort of sending people down the wrong path. Did we? Mm. I've slightly sort of, I haven't been on Twitter. I've sort of been <laughs> trying to stay off Twitter recently because I just end up putting my foot in it. So. Uh, oh, Christ, that's breaking news. You admit that you've put your foot in it on occasions in, on t- you've well, got no, rather carried away it just you? gets a bit te- it just gets a bit tedious I don't know I just have slightly um, taken a back seat well yeah. oh, thank god yeah it's, it's incredibly tedious for everyone yeah. um, what else is going on runners runners you've had what's have we got anything coming up uh, King Oscar Sovereign Stakes at Salisbury. Long live the king. Thursday, want rain need rain we're meant to get a load get bucket load tomorrow morning I hope it ho- I'm really sorry if you live in Salisbury, but I hope there's flooding down there. I want we've <laughs> packed our uh, armbands, snorkel, goggles, the whole lot. We're going down with the yeah. What trip? He's coming back in trip. A mile. Stiff yes, mile. he's coming back to the mile. Yeah, which stiff I, yeah, mile at Salisbury. Which do you? Mm. Oh, thank God. That's no, I do, I do. Really. I think he's got a lot of speed, and I think maybe we've just let him roll along. He's out. The mare's very fast, right? I would have been very disappointed if you'd been worried about the trip. No, no, so I think much. you're okay. That's good. Thank I God. see you're taking my opinion <laughs> very seriously. Uh, yes, out of a very quick, out of a five furlong listed winner. So I, I don't see why uh, the stiff mile there shouldn't be perfect. And who, who's, who's the jolly? Who will be the jolly? We've got declarations. Accidental agent will be the favorite i would have thought so you will be hoping he stands in the stalls again so i very i like eve johnson horse i'm very not much. saying so you I, don't I, but, you know every I, man I never himself. wish ill on another trainer apart from you <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes i hope that he just gives us a little bit of a head start would be yeah. great yeah. well he he would need to for you to beat him on song because he's a very good horse on song, if he produces his lock hinge or his Queen Anne runner last year, he'll be hard to beat. But who else is in it? There must be another young pretender. No, it's uh, horses that we've actually beaten. Um, it's it, not maybe not the strongest race in the world apart from him. Mojito of oh yeah, of Haggis's. Um, Haggis's. That's been beaten since it won at Newbury. Was beaten in the Goodwood Handicap. Okay. Was favourite for the Goodwood Handicap. Oh, yeah. um, Kick on, yeah. Um, Marie's diamond of Mark Johnson. Tough horse. Um, yeah. Anyway, who's riding it? Stephen. 
Oh, good. You don't know. Nice. Yeah. It's the jock up. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's time for our special guest. And what a guest. Uh, in the space of four months, how many people can go from never having ridden a racehorse to booting home a glorious Goodwood winner? Well, I think I'm on safe ground by saying our guest is in a unique club of one. Charlie, I think it's actually on you to complete the introductions here, please. So um, about two months ago, I got a phone call from Ollie Bell saying, we have this young girl called Khadija. She uh, is from the Ebony Racing Club in London. And the plan is to try and get her to qualify for the riding in the, in the um, Magnolia Cup. And that morning, or the next morning, Khadija walked into my yard, and that was when we first met. And I'm delighted to say that two months later, she won the race, and she's now with us here as our guest. Hi, Khadija. Hello, guys. Hi, Thank Joe. you for coming. <laughs> no worries. I imagine life has changed somewhat over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, a little bit. Not much, to be fair, though. Now, no. In Peckham, not really, but everywhere else, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just been, I, I know that having watched from outside, it's been nuts. And we're, obviously we were there that day. And do you remember any of that day? Do you remember? A little bit. I remember trying to like control my crying a lot because as soon as I finished, I had a bit of a melt. And then we were walking back up and I saw, I saw you and Ollie and just broke down again. <laughs> when, when, well, I'm trying to work out when the crying actually started. <laughs> It's definitely a grey area, whether it started at one furlong as... pole, two furlong pole. I wasn't, I, they told me when the finish line was, but everything happened so quickly that I didn't even really sort of know what was going on. As soon as I, I overtook the four people that were in front of me, one I was of, like, that's it, I made it. One of it was it's... my horse. My horse. <laughs> never, to be fair, what you have achieved is for me, and which is, I never thought it would happen. I was absolutely delighted to see one of the fellows' horses win. <laughs> I was so pleased. Um, and actually, you, you got your riding instructions. So I saw the boys beforehand to Charlie and Ollie, and they were smoking their bottles of <laughs> water. They were nervous. To be I've honest, seen you so nervous. when I got there, I went down, and there was no sign of Khadija or any of the girls. And then they arrived, and all the girls came out, and there was a little bit of a, a sort of melee around um, Vogue Williams, and obviously her husband, Spencer Matthews, was there. And so there was a few press around there, but you were the last one to come out and suddenly it just went nuts. <laughs> really? And it's because you, they were busy miking me up. In oh the my God. And I was, you were trying to make an entrance, crying, weren't you? you were trying just to make out of entrance. nervousness. And then uh, they, before? This yeah, was before. You were crying before. Having a breakdown wow. before. Yeah. And they were like, can we just get this on camera? Can we mic you up real quick? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> but I literally, I was just like, oh my God. Like everything is, we've done so well. She's got here. She's ridden work, and I was just like, "There's no way under this pressure with this many people, she's going to be able. She's her head is going to be blown, exploded." Then we go into the parade ring and we're chatting, and I'm just looking at you, and I know that everything I'm saying is going in one ear and out, and out the other. So then I'm like, right, let's get her out of here. I was like, let's, the only way that she's going to relax is by being first out, get out onto the track, get to the start. 
So we went, legged her up, very, very, badly. Un- very unsilent. <laughs> you kind of half get up, your legs. She is just... caught her leg on the back of the horse. Poor old Havilland. Yeah, and then the stirrups were too long, so she then had to get the stirrups And then you were up. like, they're old, and I was like, I know. Yeah. Uh. Can, can I ask, were you paralysed with nerves and fear at this point? I was what? just like cold sweating loads. And I, I don't even remember, to be fair. No, I'm Because sure. how many people were there? I mean, rammed. Packed to the rafters. Did you notice them? Or were you that? I did. I did. There was quite a fair few people. No, I noticed the main camera people that were following me because they were just everywhere. And then there was the photographers that were pissing them off. And it was funny because like one of the camera guys had like a bit of like a faff with one of the camera. He was like, listen, get away from me. Like, you're on me. <laughs> so there was a bit of a row going on between the photographers <laughs> and camera <laughs> But when you got to the start... Did you relax then or were you still... I was having a wild time cantering down because I heard one of my friends yell at me and like it was a friend I hadn't seen for like two years and I was like, you're here, what? Um, And that made me really happy. But then I got to the end and there was this woman called Valeria, her horse. I don't know what he was doing, but he was having a bit of like a moment. And then she was like, can I sit behind you? And I was like, yeah, why not? It's Havilan. But then like just chaos sort of unfold behind me and I was like, (laughs) Did you send someone down to look after at the start or you you were on your own? (laughs) You didn't need to. Havilland is... You just walk, and he walked around. I mean, I, I was watching them with the binoculars, all of them. Was was he just walking around yeah. really well? He pretty really much behaved, well behaved. group for a bit. Did he? And then when everyone got a bit competitive and they were like, bunch up. It's <laughs> just sort of like... But you nailed it. I just, it's bizarre. I was so you came with like a wet sail. I was like, the only, if, if nothing sticks in your head beforehand, the only thing you have to remember is... Do not miss the start. Oh, that's exactly what Nick Bentley was saying. Like, I was crying and they were filming me and the only thing I remember was him, like, shaking me and going, the start, could he do the start? Just don't <laughs> forget about anything else. Anything else everyone's ever told And then you, my brother was like, miss poke, the start. poke, the start. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Had your confidence evaporated? Because we sat in the pub on that melting hot day and you said, do you know what? She rode work yesterday and she nailed it. Do you remember on Racecourse Side, was it? And she'd written yeah. a perfectly timed piece and you were like, no, no, we'll be beating Georgie's horse. You were full of confidence. <laughs> yeah. So had that sort of started to waver in typical trainer 10 minutes before a race? Was that confidence on the podcast? You were confident. On the podcast? On the pod. Okay, well, there was probably a little bit of bravado. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to him up. Fair enough. But, but she did nail the gallop. She nailed the gallop. Absolutely nailed the gallop. And I, like I've said I thought that Haviland would finish in the first five and probably run well and not, you know, not be good enough. Did I think he'd win? No, I didn't think he'd win. Did my confidence go when I saw how, like, I wasn't even prepared for... I haven't seen that. Genuinely, (laughs) hand on heart. Ascot, (laughs) Melbourne Cup, I have not seen that many cameras, that many people all around one person ever in racing. Never. And that's including the Melbourne Cup, which is huge. And I just thought... Poor Khadija, 18 <laughs> years old, never ridden a race before. I was just like, her head's going to be fried. She's n- there is no way. And that's why I took him out first. I was like, we're getting out of here. Because I was just like, the, the quicker we get out and the more time she has at the start to compose herself and take a breath, the better it'll be. Normally you're taking extra turns, milking it. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and- but what unfolded was just one of racing's greatest feel-good stories of the year. I mean, we're all sat here on tenterhooks now, even though we know the result. It was quite magnificent, wasn't and, it? And Khadija, let's just quick... Yeah, it was. Let's just, for, the, for the people that, that didn't manage to watch the race, there was how many runners? 12? 10? There was 12. 
12 runners all down at the start circling around. Now, I've now heard from Arthur's that your instructions was to follow the first couple of horses. Yeah, pretty My instructions to Louisa, who finished, who I finished fourth, and she she actually did everything in her power to run well. She was to to jump on the lead. So technically, we sort of you sort of almost sat. I think you almost sat behind us, didn't you? Yeah, there was like. So talk uh, us through the race. Okay, so we set off, and there was about three or four people in front of me, and then they turned to like a weird like line of just four, and it was like I think Louisa, um, Vogue. Gigi I think and then one other that I couldn't really make out and they were just solidly in front for quite a fair bit of the race and then I don't know what was happening behind me but I saw like a gap on the left on the inside right? yeah yeah and I remember Victoria Pendleton saying to me like if you find a gap just go like go for it really and also when I when I did my piece of work the last piece of work I did um I remember I, as soon as I pulled out from sitting behind yeah yeah he, he does go yeah. so i was like just make sure i time it correctly because i don't want him to accelerate I'd forgotten that because you went far too early <laughs> yeah, on the second piece early. of work didn't you yeah i completely forgotten that she worked she wrote a piece of work after the um after the after the on the water gallop we went the following week and she wrote work on the cambridge road and i'd completely forgotten you worked over six furlongs and katija got the furlong post mixed up and you went a furlong early or you pulled out a furlong out three or something. Out. I, was, I yeah. was like oh I'll ease him into it but yeah. he just shot off and, and I was like <laughs> yeah oh yeah and Anyways, so I was like he, does, he can take off quite well so I need to make sure that if he does I time it well so then <laughs> I was it. like um, a furlong and a half left and I was like let's go <laughs> <laughs> And, and he literally, went. <laughs> literally, you did, and you pulled out, and you you came with your run, and it was the most perfectly timed run because by the time the real winning post, which had been set, yours had been set back, had come, yeah. you were actually behind. You were about third or yeah, third there or was, so. Um, what's it? The, the grey horse on the far yeah. side. Yeah. So yeah, so you actually thought right or take they we sometimes Charlie and I went. Well, I do. I'm sure all trainers do when you when you're riding a horse with. When you're speaking to your jockey about riding a horse, you say, right, before you're going to go, count to five. You know, because just so you don't get a rush of blood to the head. So it's amazing that you had the composure to actually think at that stage. Yeah. What were you thinking, trainer, when you were watching these closing exchanges unfold out there? Were you as excited as you were almost at Ascot when you had your first Royal Ascot winner? When they, so after they crossed the line, obviously the, the winning post was further down. So Everyone's I'd completely about. forgotten. I knew beforehand, but then I'd completely forgotten it. So I stood on the actual winning post and I realised obviously that I got the winning post wrong and that she'd gone very close, but I wasn't sure. And I was sort of walking back towards the track to the gap where they came in, waiting for the... I knew that we were number seven. And when the announcement came over that seven had won, I, <laughs> I shouted. Like, like, everyone turned around and was like, who are you? Why? Yeah, yeah. why? It was a charity race, mate. And um, I was over the moon because I knew... Oh, what an achievement it was. And, you know, she it wasn't like she nicked the race from the front or anything like that. Like, it was just the most beautifully, perfectly timed ride. It's extraordinary. Um, and there'd be very few jockeys who could ride it as well as they as, as she did. She just nailed every single part of the race. And it was, you know, it was, it was brilliant to watch and um, a wonderful story. And that euphoria in the immediate aftermath as... 
Hadiz has come back into the winner's enclosure and everyone, <laughs> but everyone is wanting the picture and the story. And it was the headline story in all the newspapers that the next day. How was it? Was it, was it kind of crazy to, to be involved in that bubble? I mean, I, I got phone calls to do radio interviews, especially in London, that I've, you know, people who have, never, who have never called me before, even after Ascot or anything like that. I saw them hounding you with like their phones, just like, After how do you race. feel? Yeah. <laughs> they did that to me too. And I was like, can I breathe? I think they just wanted the story, but you know, it's remarkable. So <laughs> fell, on the first day she came I here, fell off she twice. fell off twice. I ra- she doesn't know this. I rang Ollie Bell up that evening. I said, Ollie, she's not, she's not going to make this. <laughs> I said, you want to think about 2020? I said that you do not have a hope in hell. Oh, that is harsh to him. But that shows how amazing you did. It shows how, how exactly how much you improved. Yeah. You've gone from, if you like, in Charlie's eyes, like, non-starters to the winner. <laughs> um, to be fair, I've had that from a few people. It wasn't just you. Even at the, bra- at the racing school, they were like, uh, next year, huh? Yeah. And I was like, please. <laughs> yeah, but then you stepped forward and you improved because you, you, yeah. you, you did your fitness test, didn't you, a couple of times? Yeah, I had to do it twice. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's how you know any any young professional improves. I'm moving on into and into what, what life's been like after for you, and and how many have you done your interviews and have you oh, had messages from all over the interviews. world? You went on Good Morning Britain. My wife, very <laughs> very jealous. Although you? you didn't have Piers Morgan, she was like, Yeah, I, I was hoping that I'd end up with Piers. Yeah, no um, Piers. Oh well. You went on there, and what was the? What to be fair, the people that were presenting were so nice. Yeah, I liked them. What did they? What they most interested in? Um, What's everyone been most race, interested really. in? The race. Yeah, there's certain people that were more interested in my background and religion, and the sort of like within my race. Um, but they were more just looking generally about my riding, and they were more interested in my love for horses. And your chaperone was with you. <laughs> Good old Ollie Bell. Good old Ollie Bell. Uh, George just said earlier before we started recording, you know, the unsung hero. And I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> I've seen more interviews and press about Ollie Bell since this all went on. I think he's, there's nothing unsung about Ollie Bell in this story. The, uh, the, the, the video I think you posted on Instagram recently. That was hilarious. I love it so much. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh. When he cries. Yeah. Oh, yeah I saw that. So I know. Cute. He's always been the housewife's favorite hasn't he but he, he has been a massive help to you hasn't he and Definitely. you've become great because you actually you were you witnessed the rounders match didn't you oh yeah 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 that Did was... you see you see my catch and run out i can't remember did we talk about this <laughs> <laughs> no? did you see my head what did you see that catch that i did and then i caught it and then i threw it to fellows no you didn't throw it to me i was get you out i'm only i'm only joking i'm only joking um no olives has been great hasn't he for you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And like, like, go back to the beginning. When did you first get introduced to horses and how did that come about? Like, was it all through the Ebony Riding Club? No, I've, I had an interest in horses before Ebony, but I didn't get to ride them as much because it was in Kent and it was expensive and it was far. So I only rode once every two months or so. And it was just like hacking. They literally just walked me around. And that was as good as it got until Ebony Horse Club, in which that's when my riding developed. And I actually learned to care for horses and that there's different, you know, riding, like there's different areas in the riding world I could go into. Like, I didn't realise it was dressage and all that. I just thought it was just, you ride out. And for anyone who doesn't know about the Ebony Riding Club, what are they are, it's in Brixton? Yeah, it's in Brixton. And it's a charity? Yep. And like, how many kids would go... 
Oh, I don't even know. There's been, it's been, it's busy. For nine horses, there's about over 200 or so kids. Really? Really? Amazing. And what can you do, like riding wise, what can you do? They have a, like an arena? Yeah, there's an arena and there's a little bit of a grass area outside. Yeah. Most of the time we use the arena. There you go, hacking through the streets of Brixton. <laughs> we do, but it's what? very rare. Get us out Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's, if it's like, this, she'd be like, no, if it's a sunny day, actually, she'd be like, you know what, let's just go for a little hack and then we'll go into the grass. So then we just go around like the really shady parts of Brixton on a horse. <laughs> and then everyone's That's like, it. you see everyone run to their My windows. You don't want to go anywhere near. <laughs> <laughs> probably right. be well, it'd be seven o'clock in the morning and there'd be a party going it's on. Just Daisy, there is that in that neck of the woods? Great girl. Sorry, That's... she lives in Brixton. Yeah, and she's like the edgy so... part of town. <laughs> all the guys in the, who are in the part of the club are they from that neck of the woods? They're all from southeast London, yeah. pretty much. One hundred percent, yeah. And without that club, they wouldn't have exposure to horses, etc., and, and potentially a career in in whatever area of the equine Not industry. At all. So, so it's all. a pretty cool place. Oh, definitely. Like, it's a community project and most of the people literally are in walking distance. Like, I cycle there, but it takes me 10 to 15 minutes. And how's the reaction been at the club? I mean, oh, it's been so be. adorable. They all watched, every single person I know had either come to the races or watched it on their phones. And like, to be fair, I had drifted away from the club a little bit because of my exams and also starting to ride out here so I just didn't see many of them and then the first time I did really see any of them was after my race and it was just really nice like they were all really like supportive and congratulating me loads you must have inspired so many people from doing I know we won't see that for a while but like I don't personally see it either because people keep telling me oh you know you should be really proud of yourself for achieving this I'm like I feel like I just ran a race, you know, and <laughs> just well, did quite well. <laughs> no, it was, it was incredible, really. And, 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 to, and as you say, from where the, the place you've come from, in the sense of when you started riding, it's what, race riding two months, was it two months? When did you first sit on a racehorse? A proper racehorse was in late April. It's so an incredible story. Three, four months. It's, yeah. it's an extraordinary story. And ha- I know we were discussing before you came in, and you just mentioned exams there. What does the sort of future look like in terms of wh- where are you going to go next? What does Khadija do next? Um, well, we'll see on Thursday if I get into university. But hopefully I still want to pursue my engineering dream. Um, what be- what A-levels are you? Maths, physics and DT. Wow. <laughs> my God. <laughs> are you, are similar you, to yours, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about my A-levels before we came on. Photography, <laughs> ancient history, and I think. Did you actually do photography? A-level? Yeah, I got a B. I, I was the first person in my school ever to get a B. It's like <laughs> given you get an A, and I got a B. <laughs> That's why my uh, my uh, Instagram's so good. <laughs> uh, so you got A level results on Thursday. So in amongst all of this as well, having not ridden a racehorse ever before two months ago, she also was studying her for A levels or doing her A levels, and it was. Ramadan as well. Slap bang, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole lot. I mean, amazing. It, <laughs> amazing. No, yeah. you know what? It was one morning when I was fasting and I had sat my physics exam the night before and I was supposed to go up to Lambourne to do a ride out and I missed my train. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's I can't. <laughs> I honestly can't because I had to get up at like 
4.30 to make a 5 and yeah. 5.30 train or something. I was like, it's just not going to happen. Don't yeah. worry. Right, right. George goes out, has a big dinner, has a couple <laughs> of bottles of wine and still misses his train the next morning back to Newmarket. So you're, you're, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Khadija, I think thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you, you really might be the saviour of racing. Who, me? No, Khadija. Oh, I thought you were talking about... <laughs> that's great yeah thank you no finally the real saviour of racing what a star yeah thanks a lot Khadija it's been great for comments York it was only two or so weeks ago that we sort of sat here excitedly looking forward to the King George uh, with Enable wow what a race that was here we are again we've got her in action once more um, this time at York and I suppose we only you know, should start off with her and our e-board preview by looking at Enable and the Darley Yorkshire Oaks. What do we think of that? Incredible. It's nine group ones now, guys, on the trot. Yeah, I mean, truly remarkable. And actually, I think the, the, the ride that Frankie gave her was just something very, very special. Um, obviously, she had that wide draw to navigate. And there were a few Aidan O'Brien horses in there, which for, ever, for whatever reason made things tricky. For her and Frankie's confidence in her to take her back and yeah. drop in, I just thought was a was a was an extraordinary piece of um, jockeyship. Obviously, the the, crit, the the more cynical people will say always well, on the best filly in the world, but I just thought it was a really special ride, and then obviously it was a special performance. And actually, as I was reminded by one of our one of my owners, I actually hit the nail on the head. I did say that Crystal Ocean would make it make it a race, and he did. And you also said, have it all on Enable. Yeah. And wow. she won. Um, which wasn't, as you say, the, easy, you know, the hardest find in the world. But that said, was that the best horse race we've had in our, in our life? I mean, you and I are biased. We think Noble Mission winning the champion stakes was. But um, was that one of the all-time races that will never be forgotten, Charlie? Definitely, definitely one of the all-time. The only other race I put into, into the bracket with it. And just purely because I remember it because I was very young. Please don't say King Oscar at Newbury. Oh, pipe down. Um, purely because I was very young and it was it was one of the reasons. It was one of it was just I remember watching, I can't remember where I was, but I remember watching it. It was Galileo against Fantastic Light in Ireland in yeah, the that was Irish Stakes. Yeah. Two thousand one. Something like that. And that was the mo because it was brilliant as well, because you had all the tactics. Yeah. And you had yeah. um good old lead horse slipping off and letting Frankie up on Fantastic Light. And it was just it was just a brilliant race. This was the same thing. And as you say, the jockey shit. I mean, uh, Frankie picked up his stick once. Incredible, yeah. Hit it once. And I don't think James Dore hit He's Crystal flicking. Ocean, I think, three times. Yeah. Uh, but you had two phenomenal horses, toe-to-toe, -to -toe, just brilliant. Yeah, up that Ascot straight. And, and she goes to York and she'll trot in. I mean, I don't know what will take her on. We haven't seen, we, we haven't, obviously haven't seen the declarations, but have we seen the entry? Is it an early closer? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Sadly, I didn't have anything to put in it. But. Not Mole Davis. She, <laughs> <laughs> she will. Uh, Enable will trot in. I mean, I hate being all brash, but she will. She'll absolutely skip it, no matter what she races against. It'll be a small field. He'll jump out on the lead and she'll win and she'll go onto the arc and uh, she'll win the arc as well, I would think. And, oh, I mean, phenomenal from. Prince Khalid and John Gosden and Teddy Grimthorpe, all you know, for getting her out. They could have, they could have put her away and said, "Let's just go to the art." 
and they didn't. They've... Well, they must just feel it's the right thing for the filly. I'm, you know? I'm sure that to, to give her a pipe opener. I suppose there's so many t- so many times you can ride her up that Alba Hatchery, isn't there? Yeah, you well, might as well get her out and run her. I spoke to John for doing a press release for York yesterday, and I said, uh, you know, filly runs. And he said, yeah, it's a springboard, so it is exactly there's all that space between now and Paris, yeah. so it's a springboard. And I said to John, I said, do you, do, you, do you feel the pressure? He said, do you know what? He said, it's tougher for trainers when you don't have horses like her to compete with. That's, that's harder. He said, actually, funnily enough, when you've got the good horses, and yes, there's responsibility, and there will be responsibility training in Abel, like there was a Henry training Frankel, but it's harder for trainers when you haven't got horses to go to those good meetings. Is that probably right? Definitely yeah. right, I would think. Yes. But have you seen, I mean, yes, I completely agree. But do you see the videos of him watching her run? Because they have them on Twitter. You get the videos of yeah. John Gosden watching and he always looks. So he just not, it doesn't give. Poker face. A poker yeah. face. And yeah. normally he's got Rachel Hood by his side and she'll cross the line. He'll just turn to her, give her a quick kiss and they'll walk off as if they've just won the handicap at he 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 uh, at red yeah, car yeah. yeah he has got an embarrassment of riches in Clarehaven but what a good job he does I mean yeah and and actually I was just about to jump in and say that he's seeing it so clearly I mean to have enable and Stratovarius unbeaten at this stage in their careers you know it, it's an, it's an that that is an incredible achievement not quite unbeaten Barry. no 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 but, 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 but I know Stratovarius yeah yeah exactly what he got beat first time but he hasn't been beaten since has he. Uh, but but no, so yeah, no, York will be great. Charlie, are you have you got runners at York, Charlie? Couple of runners. Uh Prince of Aaron in the Ebor. We'll see. He's he's in good form. He ran a good race for a long way at Goodwood, uh, over a mile and a half, a track that does not suit him, but he's getting older now. He's seven years old. He's not so easy to get fit and going down to Goodwood, having a day out, running a race is worth three pieces of work at the Alba Half Three. So um, we did, we got everything we wanted to get out of it. Um, and the plan is for him to run, I think, the mile six at Goodwood, uh, Goodwood, mile six at York on a nice flat track, big field. All of them are ticks. I just hope he's in, comes in in as good enough form, but he's, he will love the conditions and, and all, all roads are leading to, to um, back to, to Australia, back which to Australia. would be great. And he's going to go out early again and he's going to have a few races out there. You look at last year, he ran a lot last year and he got better and better and better and better, which is another reason why I ran him at Goodwood. Um, he wasn't one of those that sort of tailed off. He ran, his best races actually were at the end of the year after, you know, races 10, 11, 12 of the year. So uh, I think it was really important to go to Goodwood. Goodwood is not his track. Um, Carl Wennan, before we move Carl on. Carl Wennan, yeah. Um, ran really disappointingly when favourite for the Marsh Cup, but hated soft ground. We had a gut feeling he wouldn't like the ground, but we wanted to run there because it was a 100 grand race and it answered a lot of questions. If the ground is nice, lovely, good racing ground at York, got to be hard to beat the two mile handicap two mile yeah. 70 grand handicap one over course and distance he's got to be pretty hard to beat up there we have to just commend york for their prize money it is fantastic i mean it's 70 grand minimum for every race right. you know so we've got a handful of horses that are chalked up to go i'm not sure exactly what will go what i do know is two bits of information from this morning's gallops one rahi's in good form ahead of the sales race it's rated 97 so he has to go close in a sales race of 97, 100 and 
150, 160 grand to the winner. So nice. quite fancy that fleeting prince of Charlie Hills that runs in that race. Got no luck in running at good. Yeah, I saw he's got an entry on at Paul Royce. I saw that. I think Show Me Show Me will be a very short price. Well, it'll be a short price favourite. But anyway, and then James Garfield's brother by Golden Horn, who I hope I'm going to be talking a lot about. Mention this. Um, um, work this morning. He's a nice horse. I was thinking about the um, conv- convivial, but I'm not. I'm going to run him up here on a week on Friday, and we put, I put him in the Royal Lodge this morning. He's he's not galloping like he's going to horse that that's going to go and win a Royal. Like in my head, always oh, going to go and win a Royal Lodge, but he's a bloody nice horse. He's the nicest physical I've had since I started training, and I'm looking forward to him. Very good. I suppose. Um... All that remains is for us to find a charity bet now because Fitstairs are kindly giving us a £100 charity bet. You guys are both grinning. I don't know why. Well, is that because you've been <laughs> wrestling over who, who stakes the one? No, I, I, put, I, put, I this was mentioned earlier on our WhatsApp group and I put Mole Davis and I got a barrage of abuse back from fellows about <laughs> how pathetic I've been this year. So I said, well, we'll pass it over to him. So I guess we'll have to pass it over to him. No, 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 let's go with Mole Davis. Let's go with Mole Davis. I Mole Davis hope you're is. not wheeling her out again too quickly, but there oh, we go. shut up. And God. for what charity, if we were to um, get lucky, what one you... We would like, so, well, I mean, there's so many fantastic charities. Charlie, we might as well kick off how, the open, the open, what's your, which, which is the ones? Well, you hold open? on, how about seeing as our guest Khadija is here, how about we go with the Ebony Riding Club? Oh, yeah. Better blooming win. And fit stairs, because it's the Good Ebony chat. Riding Club, you're doubling it. It's 200 quid. <laughs> uh, and on that note, George has to rush off. So have I. Um, Charlie, you've got to watch Love Island repeats or something like that. Thanks to our friends at Fit Stairs. Thanks also to producer Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. We'll be back on the other side of the Ebor Festival. So until then, um, please follow us on at Bridal Podcast and subscribe to this pod on iTunes, Spotify or wherever. Mm-hmm.